Rangers and residents of Angel Grove, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my best friend, Kennedy. Hey. How are you today? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I watched that movie. Do you have the power? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I have. I feel like I maybe got Havana Syndrome. (laughs) or long covid or something you know what i don't blame you and today we have jake flores from pod damn america welcome to the show jake hello good to be here i also watched the film (laughs) (laughs) is the film really this middling for y'all (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of mid. <laughs> I I have a very distinct feeling right now. I think I figured it out. If I could put it into words, I am embarrassed to live in a world that produced this movie. Mm, that's really? a good way to put it. Yeah. I feel a little gross. Like when I was watching it, I was cringing and it wasn't at a specific person or thing. I was just like, why is this happening? Because it's kind of like it's one of those things that's, you know, it's it's for babies but it's also for adults but it's not for either because they're it's it's for the teens (laughs) it's for the teens it's specifically for the teen demographic i suppose so yeah we need to make it edgy for the teens uh but you you can't say the f word we can't have blood and shit like that so gotta keep it there jake what is your history with the power rangers well, that's, I think, part of what's going on here is that I was a very, like, um, edgy child. I don't know how to explain this. I watched, like, Comedy Central and oh, stuff. Oh, no. And I liked cursing, and I was kind of like, um, I didn't like other kids. So I remember I kind of hated the Power Rangers because it was, like, what all the kids at school would, like, talk about. And I thought it was cringy as a child. Like, I thought it was lame, and I was, like, um, you know... Like, like, let's go smoke cigarettes or something behind the school and to stop acting like so lame. So I think this is like re- like something psychological happened to me while I was watching this movie or it was like trudging up these weird feelings. I'm sure this is all probably something I don't want to interrogate that hard because, uh, you know, what, I don't know why, why, why. Why, why, why be so uh, cynical as a child or whatever? What is going on in the middle of my fractured soul as this is happening? Not really sure, but I just remember being like, here's a distinctive memory I have. When I was a kid, we took a field trip to like a museum, like uh, where they, I can't remember what the fuck they were even showing us, but they like, I think I was like in fifth grade or something. And we went to like an RTF, you know, radio, what do you call it in film sort of museum. And, like, they made my entire class recreate a Power Rangers episode. And I, like, thought it sucked, and I didn't want to do it, and I was an outcast. And everybody picked their favorite Power Ranger, and they were like, okay, well, who's left? Who's Jake going to be? And I remember sighing and saying, Lord Zed. <laughs> I, had to, <laughs> I had to be Lord Zed, but I was like all flippant about it and stuff. And I was like, this is stupid, but all right, I'll kill you, you Power Rangers. Um, you know, I know you don't know the show that, that like well, fun. but you actually kind of nailed it. Yeah, you could have been casted as Lord <laughs> like, Zed in the well, sequel. Lord Zed is a very, he's a very flippant, snarky guy who really doesn't have much constructive to say ever. <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe it rules. Maybe I came full circle and I should play him or something. I mean, I, I do like the idea of like a villain that like kind of doesn't want to be there, you know. And it's just sort of like um, you know, I don't know, dragging himself around and stuff. Um, that being what said, what season of Rangers is that, Kennedy? What? What season of Power Rangers do you think that is? Oh, Where the like, villain is just dragging themselves through it. I was gonna. I mean, I already said Lord Zed, so I was thinking season two. You know, when like when he and Rita get married, and then they're just squabbling all the time, and they're like, "Let's send a monster to Earth, I guess." <laughs> but, but we got to talk about this some more. We're not <laughs> done here. <laughs> What's funny is that Zed didn't even get good until Rita came about that whole subplot right and yeah. that was kind of like a fan thing right like they brought back rita because they loved rita they ran out of footage with her footage with her right so i do, the thing i do remember about this outside of my experience watching it as a kid is like later on learning that it was like a weird kaiju type show i think i remember hearing somewhere that like the footage from when they're fighting is from a different show than the footage of when they're like being teens or whatever, which is convenient because they're wearing helmets. I'm sure you guys have talked about this. If you've done 900 podcasts about the power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in general, the power Rangers is made by, uh, they buy the Sentai footage from Toei and then they use those action scenes and then they film their own American plot with the teenagers to string that together and that's the power rangers and it became a cultural phenomenon that is bigger than any other sentai show so even though it is this parasitic sort of entity that feeds off these other shows it's the biggest one too crazy (laughs) all made by haim saban or at least bankrolled yeah, I mean, I guess it's actually pretty cool. Like in retrospect, it's a weird byproduct of all sorts of forces. I mean, it was literally Haim Saban going to Japan to try and like market something. I forgot what it was, and then he turns on the TV, sees an episode of Super Sentai, and goes, "Hmm, what if we took the Japanese plots, axed that out, and put American plots instead?" They have masks. They morph. <laughs> we don't need to get like exact actors for this or anything. Yeah, the monsters <laughs> are big and rubbery. They could be saying anything. Yeah. We yeah. can dub the lines over. And then somehow that leads us all the way to this like Michael Bay ass fucking thing that we watched today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is entirely, I mean, this is. It's not Michael Bay. It's so Nolan inspired. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a little. Like, it, it feels like I, I think it's more. Don't I. The reason why I don't say Michael Bay is because of the last like fucking what? 20, 30 minutes of the actual suited up parts like that shit. If this was Michael Bay, it would have been like 10 times more exciting and probably went up two points on a review scale. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> you're right. I, I, True. One of the big problems with this movie is that there's actually some good ideas here, but then they just don't really follow through on most of them, and everything's just kind of left laying on the table. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Haim Saban made some choice, like, teen movie decisions before he, like, gave the final stamp of approval on this script and everything. 
And uh, that had to have been the basis, right? Because like, I know we're getting into a lot of like the preamble for the review, but the, the thing is, is that this movie is very much like Breakfast Club plus Chronicle plus <laughs> Power Rangers with like a soundtrack directed by, not by Hans Zimmer, but like somebody aping Hans Zimmer who just watched Stranger Things. <laughs> There's a Stranger Things actor in it, right? Is there? Am I crazy? I thought the uh, what's his the Red Ranger's dad was from Stranger. I might just be having maybe up with another guy, but I definitely thought that was part of the vibe. At least it seemed like you know, there's this thing happens whenever there's like a thing like Stranger Things, that's like a breakout thing on its own. Then the next year, in all of the blockbuster movies, like actors from it and just like vibes from it kind of appear. And I think I just got a whiff of it. That's know. exactly yeah. what happened here because Stranger Things comes out in 2016. Big smash hit. You know, the first season of Stranger Things was, you know, everywhere for a while. And uh, uh, so then it's like, okay, now it's 2017. This movie's coming out. And I feel like they probably shot a lot of this footage before they decided, oh, we're doing the Stranger Thing do 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 music all the time. Because yeah. they were just shoving that into scenes at random. Well, 2017 was kind of like the breakout year for like Vaporwave and shit like that, right? Yeah. Like all, all of that stuff was getting super popular. And so like now it's in this. I just don't understand why it was a Power Rangers movie. Because Power Rangers is distinctly not 80s, nor does nor does Power Rangers have like a sort of vaporwave style aesthetic ever. Like, because yeah. Power Rangers isn't isn't like it's not soft colors. It's yeah, not... it's really not soft. Yeah. It's very explosive and bombastic a lot of the time. It's like bright toddler red and bright toddler yellow and like that kind of shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. It I feels mean, like, like it's it's Power Rangers is for like babies, right? So like there's no I don't, I don't think that the that like It depends on the season. <laughs> like the, the, I don't know what they do with the age demographic sometimes. Like this last season we just recently watched, which uh, this review is going to come out before the season intro, just felt like the writers were on cocaine all the time, and they're uh, distinctly eighteen. <laughs> maybe I'll have Forever. to watch or something. <laughs> I got the feeling during this, like I remember, you know, it did start with Nolan. Like there was this idea when he made those Batman movies. You forgot that Batman is for stupid children, and you watched this person elevate it to like a gritty adult level and it became this concept where like it was very cool but it also like opened a pandora's box and the it could not be shut now every children's thing is going to turn into a dark violent sexual experience which is just bizarre and i remember thinking like this isn't gonna stop they're gonna do it with superman they're gonna do it with every fucking superhero they're gonna do it with care bears next thing i know i'm gonna be watching like a movie where like barney is just like you know fucking ripping some guy's heart out or something and then <laughs> becoming a, a glowing being and that's his origin story is that he has to you know avenge his father or something and like with this i think there's a threshold to which if you go too far into like into something being literally just like a children's show that was a way to sell toys i don't know if you can like reimagine it without 
arbitrarily grabbing something like vaporwave like i don't think there's anything that's actually connected to this you know unless you wanted to make an actual like weird anti-capitalist statement about how it's a toy commercial or something and want to get real weird with it maybe you can make a new power rangers movie but you're kind of just gonna have to mix and match and go i don't know sure strangers thing made beep boop music huge for a time you know there's like a vague plot point that you can sort of overlay that on which is the crystals and stuff I, don't you know, know. Actually, I think we need that fourth wall breaking. Is this a toy commercial or not? Power Rangers movie. Now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> I want to see like um like they live Power Rangers or something in my head. I don't know. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, Kennedy, start us off. How does this movie go? Oh God. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this movie starts off sixty-five million years ago. Uh, or something like that, uh, in some dinosaur time. It actually, it has some dino charge parallels, which is kind of interesting, because that's the season we've been watching most recently. Because once again here, the implication is that uh, the existence of the morphing grid, if the morphing grid comes to Earth, that's what kills the dinosaurs. This is the second time the Power Rangers universe has confirmed this. <laughs> yeah, because like they, they kind of sort of allude to it. But they don't outright say it. They don't say that this this event that occurred was directly caused. But I mean, like, but they allude to it twice because they allude to it here and later. We'll get to the later, later. But uh, so 65 million years ago or something along those lines, uh, there's these Power Rangers. There's six of them. Uh, they're supposed to be protecting life on Earth, but the Green Ranger, Rita Repulsa, has turned on the other Rangers, and it's all gone to shit. The Rangers are dying. Zordon, the Red Ranger, he gotta, he gotta hide the gems or something, and he, he calls Alpha 5, and he's like, Meteor Strike the fucking Earth, it's over. We lost. Yeah, because <laughs> she was gonna get the Zeo Crystal. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. They did kill the dinosaurs. Is that why the Zords are like dinosaurs? That actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they don't fully explain it here, but I'm going with the Dino Charge interpretation that, like, this is all parallel to Dino Charge. And in Dino Charge, explicitly, they cause a disaster that kills the dinosaurs 65 million years ago, and the last of the dinosaurs become the Zords because of that in part, yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. You know what? I think I'm a believer now. I like it. That just kind of blew Welcome up. to the club. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. This is why we're Sentai truthers. There's so much weird shit. The lore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like Dark Souls. The lore. You really have to get into it. The like, lore for this movie alone, I think, is pretty, pretty fucking interesting. Because they kind of go hard on, like, the fact that Zordon was the Red Ranger. Like, this never was a thing. <laughs> right like zordon was the red ranger he was the leader of this team that went to went to earth and my guess is is that the, the they found out or maybe they sensed an energy stream or something like that from the zeo crystal right and then rita wanted it all for herself and then zordon called in that meteor strike so i mean zordon you know kind of making it's the actually- best decision we're, extinction of one planet versus extinction of all. <laughs> when we were watching this, I was uh, saying this is kind of referential to Voltron. This is actually referential to Voltron in the beginning, too. So it's like, 
since the Power Rangers didn't come out in the 80s, but they wanted to have that like 80s referential thing going on, they were just like, it's actually Voltron, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, would... and Voltron is like so out of vogue at this current time, so like only the super hardcore nerds would be like, this is just like Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> Smart um, move. Smart move. The like, so the the place where this thing in the beginning of the dinosaur times happens uh you know we fast forward later to the modern world where the teenagers are going to a high school they're in a suburb called angels grove i guess the word angel just immediately made me go wait a minute is there christ in this like it like did they like how how do they play into that do they create like the the killing great question (laughs) Yeah, no, God made the morphing grid. We'll get to that in a moment. But, like, yeah, no, God made the morphing grid. Or maybe God is the morphing grid? I don't know. Like Shimagami Tensei? God is the Amala network? Well, there's, like, an original apocalypse like that that it very well could be, like, what the, you know, the, the, the Great Flood or whatever or the really brutal, like, Old Testament God was and then just got reinterpreted a million times and that was and, a morphing grid event holy shit yeah <laughs> somewhere there's like a church with stained glass windows with like fucking alpha of what's his face and shit in him and you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a huge stained glass of zordon who is christ he yeah yeah zordon christ is confirmed jesus christ in, heaven, in uh yeah in power rangers in space yeah well, there, I mean, there's a little bit of that. It, we'll get to it later. But there's, like, a weird, like, death and rebirth thing in this movie, which is odd. <laughs> this movie is emotionally manipulative to the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way before we get to some of these scenes. <laughs> Strong start, though. Strong start. Strong start. And the next scene is also hilarious. Yeah, so next up, uh, Jason Scott... Uh, our Red Ranger and somebody of his um, are playing a prank on like the rival football team. I think is the implication here. I couldn't, or maybe they're pranking their own school. I don't really know. I thought they were pranking their own school. I I couldn't tell. They don't really explain much. Isn't there only like cow. one school in this whole town? It has to be, right? Because they're talking like, it's like, a, they're like, this is a small town. Like, there's like a hundred yeah, people that are just like sparse. Now. We got to talk about that, actually. In MMPR, Angel Grove is like, like a thriving, like college town kind of vibe. Like, it's like 120,000 people and like, like, you know, there's like a good bit of infrastructure and things are decent. Like nah. that's not the vibe at all in this movie. They're in like, this one, in this if one, you're Angel, born Grove, in Angel Grove, you die in Angel Grove. <laughs> yeah, Angel Grove is like a ex coal mining town. Yeah, there's like a mountain right on yeah. the coast, and the kids get bored and they go hang out and mine and shit in the mountains. And <laughs> them, but here's what's weird to me is that they didn't like. They all, like, a lot of them didn't know each other, and so if it's a town where there's like a hundred people, it's weird that they. We're like, who's that Asian guy? Like when they met him, like you would know him from your school at least. They're still in <laughs> California. It's just like one of those no-name, you know, coal mining towns on the coast. These old coal, California coal mining towns we're all familiar with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's called something like Gold Rush. 
Yeah. <laughs> or it was. And then they renamed oh. it Angel Grove. <laughs> yeah, with all the gold. But they are in California, aren't they? Man, you yeah. know what? I take this movie down and it keeps... It's actually... It makes sense. <laughs> that's right. the thing. Is they kind of set something up. It's just that... Yeah, there's Where like... does it go? It goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But... Uh, so Jason and his buddy are like in a locker room with a cow. It's a prank somehow. His buddy jerked off the cow. He's like, I got milk from the udder, but it took like two hands and like it was very, it was just one udder. Yeah, that's a, that's like an old country joke. You know, you'd say, oh, this guy's so dumb. He milked a male cow, you know? Uh, I, as soon as this happened, I was in. I was like, "Oh, this is actually this Kino." Is- <laughs> <laughs> Part of the movie is really- yeah. Gonna- so actually, uh, I've done quite a bit of country living, and a friend of mine who has also lived uh, a lot of her life in the country was sitting here during that scene, and she was like, "Damn, they actually put that joke in a movie." Yeah, <laughs> that's representation right there. <laughs> Clap emoji. This is representation. <laughs> hey seeds. Where's my fellow? Keep that clap at? emoji handy because there's some yassified stuff in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cops show up. This leads to a car chase that's pretty extreme. Like they didn't have to go this hard. They really they really like push that car chase to the limit, kind of. This is where I was like, no, this is Nolan stuff, right? Because like that was, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe I was. Well, no, no, I wasn't wrong. This is like a movie for teens. It was the the mood like shift was very bizarre because it started off and I was like, am I watching like a freaking like a you know, like an adult action movie. I also just watched Crash, so I was a little bit like, Ugh. <laughs> "Oh no!" That was a me problem, but <laughs> but uh, it was dark. Like when you watch, uh, here's the thing about Crash, right? The reason Crash is like so jarring is because the way Cronenberg directed it is he didn't direct the car crashes like Michael Bay would with like slow motion and like cinematic, you know, this and that, and like all sorts of polish. He directed it like those weird insurance commercials that you'll see where like two people are just driving in a car and they're just having a conversation. And then there's this very scary, just cut and like smash and a person flies through a window and you're like, good Lord. And having all sorts of PTSD and stuff. Um, that kind of was the vibe of this, crash at the beginning of this movie like i was like good lord (laughs) like why is this teenager possibly gonna die you know in a grisly way and then it just cuts to like the high school teen drama and jokes and stuff yeah so i yeah i'm gonna emphasize jake's point here and just say every scene of this movie so far has had a completely different emotional feeling and also basically a completely different cinematic feeling Cause it's like you have like Marvel movie in the beginning with like Rita and Zordon sixty five million years ago, and then it just cuts to like, uh, like 
Freddy got fingered or American Pie or something like yeah yeah American Pie for sure (laughs) and then and then yet this car chase scene goes way too hard for some reason (laughs) yo Red Ranger said a cab there's no respect to local law enforcement in this town you Hmm. do have to respect Red Ranger for that it's true he's a communist that's why he's red yeah But yeah, uh, and then uh, we're just back to like high school stuff immediately after. Um, he has Saturday detention for the rest of the year, and his dad's real mad at him. Hmm. Yeah, real mad that dad. They don't get each other at all. Damn, fathers and sons. Am I right? Classic. Yeah. There are archetypes going on here. Hero's journey. Carl Jung. He's just like Luke Skywalker. um so uh after that turns into the breakfast club (laughs) i mean jason kind of sells that scene honestly the actor that they got for red ranger was really good yeah like Like, the, the red ranger i think uh the actor they got for jason just i think he was probably him and billy I know we're kind of spoiling it for the end, but like him and Billy like really carried these scenes and it was sellable to me. Yeah, it's an mm. archetype. Sure, it's a bit generic, but it was delivered pretty well. Please don't spoil the movie. There are people watching who have been like they're on dates and they're going to watch this movie. It's the event of the summer, the 2017 Power Rangers film. Uh, we can't, we have to be very wary about spoiling the intricate plot that's so important. It's like Game of Thrones. I'm caring about our realize. demographic who uh, like to live vicariously through us because they would never watch every season of the Power Rangers and movies. <laughs> I guess there are probably some real freaks listening to this. <laughs> May want to turn it off and finish the film. <laughs> um. So Jason meets, uh, starts meeting some other probable Power Rangers, Billy and Kimberly, who are also in Saturday detention. Um, and uh, he defends Billy from a bully. It's a pretty good scene, honestly. Uh, and that kind of like sets off this potential friendship between he and Billy. Uh, that starts to set things in motion because after detention, Billy's like, hey, we should hang out today. Like today, we should hang out. Like right now. Are you free right now? <laughs> like right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, honestly, that scene was great because it felt very believable. Like when you just meet that person, and they're like, can we hang out sometime? And you're like, yeah, sure. And then they're like, well, how's right now? And you're like, uh... <laughs> it's a little intense maybe <laughs> yeah I'm free sure what's going on well there's a reveal about Billy coming up that informs that I think which is an interesting choice they do make an interesting choice coming up um, so uh, it turns out Billy actually he has some kind of like scheme going on it's not clear exactly what but he's like I'll uh, we can borrow a car, and then if you take me to a place, then you can do whatever you want with the car for a few hours. 
And Jason's like, but I'm under house arrest because I fucking... Ran away from the cops. Something with a cow and the cops. And... <laughs> what if it's not a car crash? What if he's under house arrest because he jerked off the cow? Oh, his friend would be, not him. I he has plausible so. deniability. There's no cow come on him. Accessory. <laughs> um. So, uh, he's under house arrest. He's got an ankle monitor on. What is he gonna do? He can't be going out to do crazy shit with Billy. But Billy's like, "Listen, bud, I got you. I can fool the system. Fuck the police." <laughs> Uh, and that's the start of their bond. They bond over ACAB. So just keep that in mind. That was pretty, pretty cool. based. Yeah. So uh, Jason's trying. He's he's at home. He's trying to decide what to do. He breaks one of his old sports trophies because he's not the star athlete anymore. He's in a knee brace, and he's in trouble. And he's not the quarterback. And the team's going to fucking lose, probably, <laughs> like, all year because of this. You know what felt that? Now that I've, like, experienced being around, like, small-town vibes, for sure, people go insanely hard for local teams. And I would imagine that, like, if you were, like, a star quarterback or something like that, and you just knew that, like, your team fucking sucked without you, the the societal pressures both at school and like every single gas station you go to at 8 p.m. is going to weigh heavy on you. <laughs> That's true, man. I grew up in Texas and like if you lived in a major city, you know, there would be like a franchise football team. Or if you lived in a place like Austin or College Station, there'd be like a college team. But I would go do stand up in like shit kicker small towns like odessa and midland and i would get to the gig and there would be like old men sitting around talking about the high school football team because that was like all they had to project all that stuff onto and it was like honestly alarming because i like if i was a fucking high school student and i was on a football team like that you know, the pressure of like old men like gambling on you and shit like that is like too much. They they would get like fucking furious with you if you did something like this, you know. So this is high stakes. I buy it. Very believable teen drama. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jason decides at the last minute, fuck it. I'm gonna take Billy up on his offer. I'm out of here. He gets to Billy's with only a few minutes left on the clock. Um, Jason's kind of freaking out about, is this really going to work, etc. And Billy's just kind of rambling for the most part during this process as he hacks the ankle monitor. It's pretty easy to hack this ankle monitor, by the way. I don't think they're that easy to hack. I don't think you just get to pop open the SIM card at will like that or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is actually that easy. They just have like strong lock protections to prevent you from getting to the SIM card. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I think you have to get through some shit first. Billy probably knows like some contraption to unseal it. He you just know? literally like pops it with his thumb. He's just like, boop. Yeah. Well, he uses a Faraday cage, which is pretty cool. Although it looks suspiciously like a piece of chicken wire fence. 
that he wraps the guy's leg in. I'm sure I yeah. think it's supposed to be understood to be a guy who's like, I can download movies illegally from the internet. Check it out. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, Billy's definitely the guy that once you become friends with him, you're like, hey, Billy, will you download me these seven movies this weekend? He's like, yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets like 4K with the captions and everything. Yeah, but then one of them's in Russian. <laughs> yeah. So with the ankle monitor thwarted, they take off for whatever Billy's weird quest is. He's being vague. Uh, they go to the old gold mine. And uh, apparently Billy is like, he just comes out here and brings explosives and does amateur mining. <laughs> <laughs> Not in OSHA equipment. We can't approve. This is like something he and his dad used to do, which is like... I don't know how I feel about... My father and I used to teach their child. His father's been out of his life for like seven years, right? Does it say how he died? Did he blow himself up? I assume so. He's kind of like the cool clock Ahmed kid. Like, everyone's just totally chill with the fact that he's making bombs and stuff. Because it's like a science project. Yeah. I think they just do their best to pretend he doesn't exist until he gets in the way. That's what it kind of feels like, the vibe from the school. Yeah. But they look down on him because he's autistic. Right, that's what we learn here in this. Yeah. While there, Jason and Billy are at the the mountain, and and Billy's explaining his whole thing, where he comes out here to blow up rocks and stuff. And uh, honestly, I like it. Um, I don't know what, like, I don't know. Is this problematic? Is it okay that they did this? I'm not really sure. But on just like a weird meta level, it made me like. Um, kind of like perceive him almost as if he wasn't a, a bad actor like the rest of them because his character kind of like is supposed to be so awkward and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. The reality of the movie a little bit, but in a way that I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, Billy and MMPR, we can, I mean, definitively say isn't, isn't autistic and wasn't meant to be portrayed to be autistic, but, uh, Billy, um, it really did come off as Billy was self-hating because he's a nerd. (laughs) Um, and like in this case, the, the whole conversation, I think what really sold me on this conversation to make it feel good was Jason being immediately a shithead about it by throwing a joke. Yeah. And then Billy then retorting with, I don't know if you're joking. And then Jason being like, oh, shit. And then immediately like connecting with Billy on that level. That's yeah. what sells yeah. it. That's what sells the conversation to me, at least. What do you think, Kennedy? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I thought that that exchange was like, surprisingly well written for a movie where like only one in about 75 lines is like good 
Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, yeah, it's just like Jason immediately just like makes a fool out of himself in a very typical manner, and then it, he just like kind of gets shut down for it, and that's actually like you know, I don't know, kind of an interesting interaction. But Billy moves on too from that, right? Yeah. Like Billy like shrugged it off because Billy's used to getting that sort of reaction. But the fact that Billy then defended himself outwardly, Jason then accepting it, and then them progressing as if like, you know, that wasn't necessarily an infraction on their friendship was great, I felt. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I thought I think it was I liked it, but I also felt this need like, I don't know, to stop and analyze it for a moment because like I I don't know, like I have friends that are like on the autism spectrum and stuff like that and I some I kind of wondered like I wonder what you know so and so would think of this scene. Am I doing a weird thing where I'm a dick where I'm like this is great, you know, if it's actually kind of lame to have the character go, I don't understand jokes or something like that. I'm like completely lost in this situation and kind of don't know how to handle it, but I don't I think really- if it was more exaggerated I'd I'd give it more pause, but because it's kind of like dressed as like a normal conversation, yeah, it's much e- it's more palatable. I think I, I will say I was worried they were gonna like bring it up again in like a weird way, and they did not. Yeah, they, they that didn't. Kind of made me feel like this could might be okay. I don't know. Also, I'm not uh, the judge, but might be Billy, okay. <laughs> Billy, the actor. Yeah. Um, for for Billy and the actual character was a fan favorite after the movie came out. Jason to some extent, but Billy was the breakout star. Billy kind of stole the show. He was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, he has some great scenes. Some of the strongest scenes in the whole movie, basically, he gets to own. So, uh, so uh, Jason is like, you know what? I don't know what Billy's up to out here, but I'm taking the van. I do wonder what what was Jason so eager to do? He doesn't he doesn't say why he agrees to this exactly, but he clearly wants that van for a couple of hours deal. Well, he just watched the David Cronenberg film Crash and has uh, <laughs> for Billy. I think book. he's the the type of person to just drive around town like as a vibe. Yeah. You know, especially since he's like, he does, he can't go anywhere without somebody looking like he shot, like they shot it, like he shot their dog, you know? So if that's the case, then all you're going to want to do is not necessarily hang out at like a lounge or something like that, right? You're going to want to just chill in your car and drive somewhere, probably. Just get a, get a can of Copenhagen. (laughs) Put a little between tooth and go. I think that he like his thing is supposed to be being set up that he's like a car guy and that then is supposed to come back around in him driving in the head of the Megazord and being like really good at like I guess you have to drive stick up there or something (laughs) really came across. He was, you know, he was, you know, what I think was going on with him and the cow stuff and shit is uh, when they rebooted Star Trek, they made what's his face, Captain Kirk, into like a good old boy or whatever. 
oh. and that like superhero that comes out of the sticks kind of thing really worked. So like, there's a little bit of that going on with him, but like you said, nothing really goes anywhere in this movie. It just sort of starts off and implies shit like that, and then it's a vibe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just slowly turns from a movie into a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> It definitely, well, no, I don't want to say that yet. I'll save that thought for later. Uh, so, um, uh, so, uh, okay, right. So Jason runs into Kimberly by chance. Um, he's kind of creeping on her. <laughs> but I guess that's just forgiven. I guess that's just well he was heading back <laughs> yeah he was heading back to the minivan and then he sees kimberly go to like take a swim and he's like oh shit what <laughs> i yeah. need to see what's going on over there he starts licking his lips and rubbing his hands together Birdman <laughs> hands <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so Kimberly like Kimberly had her own like backstory, right? At, th the thing is, oh, this yeah, movie we, has his this whole th so this movie is like set up the movie. We we have to like get that out of the way. They're setting up five rangers, and then like the villain is kind of like auxiliary. Right. right? One thing about this movie that I noticed that I if I was a big fan of the Power Rangers, I think would have bothered me, but I'm not, so it didn't, was that this is one of those Nolan-esque, very serious, modern, reimagining reboot type things where, like, because this is the gimmick, everything is, like, origin story for the thing you like or whatever, the thing is only in the movie for, like, 20 minutes. It's a two-hour-long movie. Like, they did this with Godzilla, like, around the same time. There was a Godzilla yeah. movie, like... Fucking what's his face? Uh, Breaking Bad guy is also in that around the same time, and uh, he Godzilla doesn't show up till the goddamn end of the movie, and you're like, what is the point of a Godzilla movie, right? What is the point of Power Rangers? Isn't it for them to suit up, and <laughs> zip zap, boop each other and shit? But uh, <laughs> but this is but that being said, it wasn't as boring as the the beginning of the Godzilla movie. There was. It was enjoyable. It was just enjoyable like I was watching Degrassi, which is like a different movie. I don't know. Confusing. Yeah, it's Kimberly's like, story, backstory is Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know much about Kimberly's backstory other than that she was a popular cheerleader and the other cheerleaders like she made a great run her and they're like, you're out of the cool kids club forever. Goodbye. She sent somebody else's nude. Yeah, but we don't know that yet. Yeah, we got to go in order. Well, we kind of do because we skipped over it. But in the detention thing, she went to go use the bathroom to go meet up with but her they don't cheerleader why friend. Yet. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Reveals yes, they do. No, it's a big reveal later when she's talking to Jason. Wait a minute. Okay. Does she say it and then she says it again later? Because that's just best. No, no, yes. they no, they don't specify why. <laughs> They don't specify why, trust me. Either way, the cheerleaders are just like, you wronged me. So now you're out of our lives. And then fucking takes a scissor, cuts up a physical picture. This is 2017. Cups up a physical picture. So you know this was like a pure memento. Like gals be palin. And gals well, they, be, they, they be taking pictures and wanting physical. Yes. 
yeah <laughs> they're like we all have our own scrapbooks <laughs> we all take pictures of our friends while we're with each other etc and then cuts up a physical picture of all three of them kimberly's out of it and fucking takes the damn scissor it takes the picture and fucking stabs it into the wall and leaves. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then Kimberly's like, fuck it. If I'm not a cheerleader anymore, I'm cutting my hair. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. With those same scissors. Same she scissors. uses to cut her hair. She says, I'm, yeah. I'm getting cut out of your life. Well, you're getting cut out of mine. Shut up. She gives herself a really good haircut, which I don't think you could do with a pair of like school scissors like that in a bathroom. No, those oh, are the wrong. Even the really good teacher scissors, you couldn't do it. No, here's the thing about cutting hair is that uh, I sometimes cut my own hair. Uh, don't judge me at the moment. It's very a mess. You can cut oh. that out of the podcast. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna say you could have you could have said all this without <laughs> giving yourself that L. I sometimes cut my own hair, uh, but you gotta have really good scissors. Like you can, you can give yourself a good haircut, but you have to have really good, really sharp hair cutting scissors. If you use shitty scissors, you're gonna have a shitty haircut. Period. It's going yeah. to be uneven and crazy. Well, you definitely can't pull the scissors out of a wall and then give yourself a haircut with them. They're probably fucked up from wall. And also, I mean, she can't is- blend layers in like a 15 minute bathroom break yeah is the point i think <laughs> the other thing i don't really understand about this is like okay you want to symbolically alter your hair empire records shave your head you know destroy the the weird like um g- gender binary or whatever that's going on there she's like saying i'm not gonna be a cheerleader anymore i'm not gonna be this like archetypal feminine figure I have medium hair now. I have medium <laughs> length feminine hair now. What are you going to do? You're totally allowed to have that be a cheerleader, I think. Like, her dad is even like yelling at her when she gets out to the parking lot. Like, you, what did you do? You cut your hair? Like, who cares? It's a small town high. thing. You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. You have to be from a small town. Her hair wasn't even that long. Yeah, I'm from a small town. <laughs> They're all like the Stepford wives over there. Trust me. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it just it did feel like a, at the very least like cut it short enough that it's like the you know make it a little maybe bisexual make it a little hair messier. or something that, that all I would have asked for was not make the layers so blended make it a little bit more like toughy or whatever you know like just stick uh, it I, out a little 2017 shave one half of your head if you want to vibe, you know, if you want to do this. It would have, it would have killed it because they would have made it look like Skrillex, and that would have been like a whole. Ah, uh, yes, remember the dubstep era, digital <laughs> sound effects. And then every time Kimberly walks in a room, it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, someone would have done that edit. They would have done it. I, the sound design in this movie is already terrible, so like, I, w- I wouldn't have put anything past them to some extent. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so Jason runs into Kimberly. Kimberly is like, I just want to run away from this shit ass town. And Jason's like, fuck it, let's do it. I got a van right here. Let's just drive away in this van that I don't own. 
Uh, this is a teenager movie. I would like to remind y'all that these, these are teenagers. Very teenage <laughs> moments. So uh, they're considering this for a moment, but then uh, there's a loud explosion. Billy has done something. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's just like doing big ass fucking demolition out here. Yeah. <laughs> like. At first, you think it's maybe going to be kind of a controlled explosion, but it is not. Nah. nah. At all. Not a, Also, not a he's, little. like, talking to his dad, you know? Yeah. Kind of like one of those things. Mm-hmm. He's like, Dad, if you could see me now, you know, I hope nothing bad happens to me, and if I die, you know, I know I'll be disappointing Mom and all this other stuff. I'm <laughs> continuing your legacy of doing the thing you loved blowing up random rocks with explosives this one's for you dad <laughs> just as you died i live right now <laughs> uh jason and kimberly come running over and they're like what the fuck dude and billy like he can't hear his eardrums are all blown out he's just yelling stuff he's doesn't know what's going on uh then uh two more folks show up we don't know exactly who they are yet but they're Zach and Trini. You could probably guess that. Um, they're the other two Power Rangers. There's Rangers five of them all- now. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, they're just... Rangers hanging. are all drawn to each other. There's not really an explanation, right, of why they're just also out in the mountains? It's like JoJo. So what Stan we users are naturally attracted to each other. <laughs> what we eventually find out about Zach is that... Uh, his mom is sick and that he sometimes doesn't spend the night in the house. He like sleeps. He like camps out at the old quarry. So eventually we get an explanation for Zach's behavior. Um, But Trini, she's just there. Not going to lie. I thought they just lived in the quarry this whole time. I thought they just had like an illegal encampment. At the quarry that they. Set I mean, up he is like sleeping on this old train car or something. When we first see him, like he kind of yeah. looks like he's got a spot. Yeah, this I, I a... legitimately thought that. I was like, nah, he like lives there secretly. This is the NIMBY movie. It's uh, supposed to make you afraid of people that live uh, outside and think you know that they will um, form into a megazord and destroy your community, which. We'll get to that later. That's what Jason's dad was thinking with this Saturday detention. He thought oh, everyone would be like that. Jason's dad was a NIMBY. That's the <laughs> yep. plot of this movie. <laughs> yeah. But that, and that's their, when they have that fight over, we'll never see eye to eye. It's because Jason is a YIMBY. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um, Level for this shit. So many levels. Shit starts to like collapse a bunch, revealing a bunch of obsidian. Uh, Yellow Ranger dies here, but they don't address that, and then she doesn't die. But like, literally, she just like she's standing on top of the cliff wall when it collapses, and it just looks like she dies. Yeah, that was an odd scene. (laughs) Yeah. Came out of that. No no problems whatsoever. Okay. 
Just a couple scratches, that's all. She's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, this reveals this big sheet of obsidian which has in it the power gems. And Zack just immediately starts like busting them out with a hammer and is like, I'm taking one of these. I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is my big break, finally. Um, and uh, they all break out a power gem. They each take one. You can guess which colors they take. I'm not going to explain that. Come on. Uh, and uh, then, oh no, mine security heard the explosion and they're coming. It's time for another extremely way too in high intensity car chase that doesn't really fit the genre of the movie. <laughs> it sure is fun to watch, though. It's kind of fun. But they're running from the cops, right? Well, yeah. This time it's mine security, so it's Pinkertons, you know? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, and, just, they, like, this kind of never pans out. Like They just get away from them, and then they... The mine security never, you know, it, wouldn't you know exactly who that was? You'd really think so. You'd really think so. it's like it's that kid that's always here in that silver van blowing shit up. It's, it's the same <laughs> one. <laughs> um, so there's like a high intensity car chase. They knock over a big piece of equipment that like kind of helps them get away from security, but they're still, like, speeding off on this country road, and there's a train coming, and they're, like, debating, like, can we beat the train? I don't know. And it's, like, first of all, you already stop mine security with that other... Just stop for the train. Yeah. Just stop for the train. It's okay. Like, mine security's not going to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Jason was making a bad decision as a leader. (laughs) I guess so. So uh, the van, uh, which, well, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I have something to say about this. The van, uh, so they're they're driving, they're trying to get ahead of the train. No, they totally get fucking plastered by the train. It's an unbelievably brutal crash. It's like Final Destination. Yeah, they're fucking dead. They're all dead for sure. It shows it rolling like so much, which like, you ever been in a car crash like that? It's very like it's just a lot. And I, what's funny about the scene is like they survive because of the uh, you know these new like coin things they have that have given them superpowers, but they don't know that. They should be furious at Jason for you know making a snap judgment and like potentially probably killing all of them. <laughs> sort of swept. They're teenagers. What else is swept past that I want to draw attention to is this is apparently Billy's mom's van. They fucking destroy it, and that's never addressed nope. at all. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, it's pair. just fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you knew like a white person wrote this. <laughs> Definitely extremely privileged people wrote this movie because all i could think is like oh my god if i (laughs) had done that my entire the you would have never seen me at school again because like i would have just been in the basement 
of my house forevermore. I'm going I'm I'm to mention two plot points, one of which I think you're going to be very upset with. Uh, they never really explain how they were trans, tr like transported to the beds. Nope. Uh, it's, it's alluded to that the morphing grid transported them, but uh, it, it's never said, and it's never like pondered upon. Um, there's not even like a moment where they're like wandering around town. And there's a news report like there should a, have been a lightning a, strike. A, a train hit a van last night, but no bodies were found. Like the van is destroyed, or and they're like watching the news segment. Like oh, shit. They, we do get a scene later on, I think, where the van's getting towed, but that's about it. And then like they could have no, did a, a multicolored lightning strike. Like how they do in uh, MMPR, where they kind of turn into like bolts of energy and get transported to the base and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, they could have did like one of those, and it would have been Kino. Uh, but really, they just fuck it. Scene transition. It's Chronicle, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> then it's yeah, weird they do like with Jason's truck or whatever that he wrecks. I mean, they, they do have, like, a plot point about that. So it's wildly inconsistent that this other wrecked car is completely overlooked. And I don't know. I mean, there's, like, we're picking apart a stupid movie, but there's, like, a lot of time that's unaccounted for here where, like, eventually when they start going and doing Power Rangers shit, they have... Like, do these children not have home lives where anyone is like, where did you go for nine hours every night this week or whatever? The runtime's already two hours. You're asking for a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like one of those types of things like Avengers or some shit where it's like you ha you have to establish the backstory for fucking five people. So like, you none gotta of it do well at all. And it's yeah. also, I mean, they're trying so hard to do the Nolan thing. So it's like, we only have to show Batman for 15 minutes because there's going to be two more of these movies, except they totally flubbed it and those movies are not getting made in this situation. To be fair, the Blu-ray sales were really strong, which was kind of indicating a sequel, but then they just never greenlit it, which sucks. Well, no, actually, it was, the, it was the cast. They couldn't get enough of the cast to come back. Oh, that fucking blows. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Damn. I yeah. would have I would have wanted to see a Power Ranger Zeo from this. Sorry, bit of a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> bit of a spoiler for the Patreon. We're going to have someone on in the next couple weeks who uh worked on the set of the 2017 Power Rangers movie. Let's go. Whoa. Get us some inside scoop <laughs> on what really happened in the making of this film. Uh, but uh, yeah, it sounds one, like maybe it was a weird time making this movie. One more thing I want to mention before we move on is that uh, when Billy was doing the explosion at the mine, revealing the obsidian, you know, I said that he was talking to his father. Well, he mentioned that like he was mentioning how his father wasn't wrong so like maybe his father knew about like some energy sources coming from the mountain and was trying to explore it or something and like i guess got himself killed by accident yeah that tracks yeah especially since billy knows how to locate these things <laughs> like billy has like a charlie day style like 
pins, neat like threads going from place to place and shit for all this stuff, you know? It actually it extends all the way onto the ceiling, but later on, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we cut away from before the we the Rangers wake up in bed mysteriously unharmed, uh, we cut away from the car crash to uh, the beginning of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, Part 2. <laughs> um, Rita comes out the ocean. Some fisher people just drag her up by accident. And they're like, oh, a woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's how it happens. Wait, I think I missed that. They drag her out of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, got caught in a fisher's net. Yeah, it's it's JoJo. It's it's literally they they pulled Dio out of the ocean and then he's back. Oh no. <laughs> okay, because she died in ancient times with the dinosaurs to her. Yeah, body. that meteor strike like center. But she she's been dormant or something. Just sort of floating around in a coma. She was at the bottom of the ocean, I'm guessing, or something. Yeah. So okay. Rita has... had to be floating because they catch her in a fishnet. This doesn't make any sense. She's kind of <laughs> like a Zuzu situation where, like, she only is raining terror on us because we excavated her from her watery tomb or something. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my. <laughs> My thing about it is that it, it kind of makes sense that Rita's still alive all this time just because she has the green power coin and she's also a space witch. I guess I can believe that she's lying dormant this whole time or whatever and just the, the fucking power coin crusted her up this whole time. It makes more sense than Fury just wandering around for 65 million years. Yeah, not getting a single Energem in the television season that they were so shooting at the fair. exact same time. Yeah. So uh, I'll take that over over Fury scouring the earth for 65 million years and not finding a single fucking Energem. <laughs> um yeah, uh I, I this this is the start of things getting worse. Like up till now honestly, this was like the, the first bad thing. Yeah. Honestly. Like cuz the movie was hitting. It was mostly hitting. Some of the dialogue was a little goofy. Some of the acting was a little off, things like that. But honestly, it was like, this is decent teen drama so far. I don't know. Maybe it's going somewhere. At this moment, I started to be like, hmm. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Inexplicably, too, Jason's dad works on the fishing boat. And that's, you're probably thinking, ooh, maybe that's an interesting plot point. It's not. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> it just is for some reason a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember this now. Yeah, that never went anywhere. <laughs> no. It was either that or they got a, an actor who looked very similar. No, it's definitely him because there's a it ties they do reference this in another way later but again it just doesn't go anywhere nothing goes anywhere so. well he talks to the officer right yeah but and the, he's and telling... the, the funeral they go to the funeral and those are like his fishing buddies right well i was just gonna say that a cab runs in their blood because he gets the officer after they notice that they captured a woman and yeah. uh he's like yeah i don't know we reeled her in 
Nothing much to say. There's the body. There's some beers in the fridge. Catch you later. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you can just talk to the police like that? Can I do that? I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so the teens wake up in their beds. They're unharmed. And in fact, like Jason notices that he doesn't need his knee brace anymore. How mysterious. They, they're all like super strong. Billy has an experience at school where that bully that Jason scared off comes to confront him he's like hey jason's not around to protect you huh and uh he like tries to like smash his face into billy's face and knocks himself out no he first tries to well, break tries billy's to break wrist, wrist which, which is, is pretty... insanely violent yeah. like how you just go up to someone and just be like i'm gonna break your fucking uh wrist and i i knew some people when i lived in shit kicking towns that were kind of like that that's fucked up. I thought this guy is a little bit cartoonish of a bully. Like he's just super aggressive in a really weird way. But um while the movie's dumb and also that does happen. So it would have been too much like Spider-Man one if the bully just like punched his face, right? Or attempted to punch his face. And was just like, ow, that hurt. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does he headbutt him or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Then he just breaks his head on him. Yeah, just gets yeah. knocked out. And then this actually is kind of a funny scene because then everyone's like, oh, Billy knocked out that guy. And like the whole hallway starts to like be like, hey, Billy, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, like girls start looking at him and stuff. <laughs> so it was really it. funny too because when we were watching this, uh, right before this, uh, Grav was like, they want you to know in this Power Rangers that the Power Rangers fuck, except Billy. And then after this scene, I was like, actually, maybe Billy fucks too. <laughs> 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 so the, the Rangers yeah, are noticing there's something, something odd going on, and they end up meeting back at the old gold mine. They're like, hey, something weird's going on, right? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, can you do some, like, crazy dumb stuff with your body now and they're like yeah and they're like let's do the craziest dumbest things we could think of because we're the fucking most bored idiotic teenagers imaginable they're so in they're a like, fucking small town that's an <laughs> old coal mining town what fucking old gold mining town grab get it right <laughs> <laughs> sorry gold mining town gold is important to the plot like i remember like trying to make friends in a small town in florida and like these guys were like yeah i was just shooting my bb gun at, at like at at a highway yeah so uh <laughs> they get into some wacky shenanigans they fall in a pit but it turns out they can just fall like a hundred stories now it's cool um it is pretty cool yeah but you they do the matrix one this power okay <laughs> Like the the original Power Rangers gave teenagers like a more responsible amount of power, but if you get if you just told a teenager, hey, you could jump off of any building in this town you want, you're gonna be fine. You've created hell on earth. <laughs> the, the morphing grid is never wrong. You know this. So they fall in a pit, and then they fall in some more pits, and then they fall in some water. <laughs> And Billy has a superpower. 
His superpower of- is autism. <laughs> There's a lot of like off-brand Imagine Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, just this, like, like we said before, the soundtrack is awful. It goes from like Imagine Dragons interpretations to like Ed Sheeran to like Stranger Things, and yeah. it just like alternates between Kanye all three. Song. Don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, then they throw a Kanye song, but only for like thirty seconds. <laughs> Yeah, and then they mute the movie for like ten minutes. <laughs> it's also got a white stripes like song in the beginning of any movie like this, where somebody's gearing up to do something cool. Yeah, they they start doing like Neo, you're the one. Trust us, you can jump. Except it's with Billy. Yeah, this I, further proves. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry, I have. I I was watching this. And I, uh, I'm a very, um, you know, refined uh, film palette, so I could tell when they were telling Billy to jump that he was going to fall, and that that was going to <laughs> illustrate that they can fall and heal from the falls, and they don't get hurt from falling. But I found this scene confusing because actually, what happens is that he jumps, and then he makes it barely, and then he starts to do it like an end zone dance because he made it. And that causes him to fall. And then they're all like, oh my god, Billy died. And then they look over the edge and he's like, come down here. Which makes you think, oh, he survived the fall. And now they're all learning that they can survive the fall. Like, you're in the beginning of a video game and it's a tutorial. And it's like, surprise, this is part of your moves or whatever. But he didn't survive getting hit when he fell. He fell through like a weird slit in the rocks and into a (laughs) pool of water. (laughs) <laughs> they might not be able to fall. Like they all they didn't know that they could survive hitting the ground because he's like, come on down here. And then they jumped and then they also made it into the water. But like what small if they, town shit. This what is if small them, town shit. <laughs> what if someone clipped the fucking edge of that weird eyeball thing and then they like snap their neck and they're like, Oh yeah, it turns out we can't fall. It's just that there was water down here. Just teenagers. Straight off on the side of it as you're coming down. <laughs> <laughs> he establishes it and then also frankly all of their phones are broken from jumping in the water but that's neither here nor there every every small town has like they don't have any friends yeah right? first of all none of these people have friends second of all every small town has that like semi forbidden rope swing that like everybody <laughs> knows needs to get taken down but like it just hasn't been taken down and as long as you swing out far enough, then you jump into like the deep part of the creek or whatever. But yeah. if you don't swing out far enough, then you fall directly on the rocks. And there's one kid that was paralyzed that way, but we all still go do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's one kid. Oh, man. They have shit like that paralyzed. in Puerto Rico. It's not fun. It is yeah. not fun. <laughs> Thought he was a power. Oh. And he jumped into the shallow end of the pool because all they were doing it, and yeah, and he is a Power Ranger, turns out. But it turns out Power Rangers are not immune to that, so he's a paralyzed Power Ranger. It's just sad all around. (laughs) (laughs) So they they jump into the chasm, right? And uh, they land in this pool of water, like Legend of Zelda style. It's it's very interesting, and. their gems that they have in their pockets, sorry, their coins that they have in their pockets, uh, start like leaking color, 
Like they just pissed themselves and then the the piss became the color ranger they were. I think it was just glowing. I don't know if there was piss in it. <laughs> <laughs> so they start glowing in the water and uh their uh Zach has a very interesting choice of line. He's like they're like uh Jason's like I'm red. Billy's like I'm blue. My favorite color is in blue, but I'm blue. You know what? That's the first time a Rangers ever said that shit. Right? Oh, Am favorite? I wrong, Kennedy? Like no. I don't think No, there was one other time. Oh, uh Mystic Force. Mystic Ugh, Force pink. I'm pink. I don't really like pink, but I guess this is kind of cool. Like she yeah. literally had a line like that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. line. Um yeah. and then Zach goes, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> and then Billy goes, What? No, you're not. <laughs> and Zach goes, Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it is really weird. A uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like, what were they trying to do with that scene? Were they trying to have like a woke moment or were they trying to have an anti-woke moment? Like what's happening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's I mean, truly it's an iconic like... moment in cinema history. Uh, I, I think it would be weird either way. Like if they didn't address what was going on, maybe they probably shouldn't have because they... I think they chose to be kind of post-racial in what they did with switching around the obviously weird thing from the original Power Rangers cast where the black guy was black and the Asian lady was yellow and stuff. <laughs> and they didn't realize until episode seven that they made this racist mistake. Is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> they figured it out in the show? That's interesting. Yeah, they got, they got uh, viewer feedback and they were like, holy shit. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> too late now we're already selling action figures we can't correct this not at all not with fucking heroes that turn that get their entire faces covered we can't recolor them what that's crazy talk yeah, but there's no possible way to fix a problem no way we can't make zach the red ranger you crazy <laughs> why do you do that though it's still like the idea is still like hanging in the air. And so I think that's why they chose to try to diffuse it with a joke. But that is a weird choice. Like after having done that, I don't know. I mean, this all goes it's back to like, why does this movie exist at all? I guess. I don't know. This is well, right honestly, way. this is the most racial addressing that they've done in Power Rangers in years. <laughs> if we're talking like 2017 and previous. Am I wrong, Kennedy? literally they're like uh, i don't want to answer that question they go full <laughs> obama era we don't see race around these parts <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think I, the problem with it is that they don't resolve it though like it's just this weird exchange and it doesn't resolve into anything nah. like it doesn't end with them like laughing about it or like <laughs> or, or, or some kind of acknowledgement of exactly what's going like like zach to be like oh wait i see ah ha, ha. you know like there's nothing like that instead it's just like billy seems a little offended by what zach's saying and then we move on yeah zach, <laughs> zach is the 4chaner of the group the redditor yeah 
Uh, Zach's definitely on Reddit. Oh, he, yeah. Zach's he, definitely on Reddit. He's supposed to be the Joker of the group. Which yeah. Is a- <laughs> yeah. This is where, I, you know, I said Billy had a superpower and it's autism. And the reason why I say that is because he's the only one to seemingly notice an invisible water cube <laughs> that's <laughs> underneath the water that they're in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like the CGI does nothing to address this. Like it's just water. There's yeah, there's no there's no way. How can you how can you detect a water cube underwater? What to if riddle water me this. Riddle me fucking water. this. <laughs> I think it's like an air bubble kind of is what's going on. Like he But I don't they even know talk, what they're like doing. they they they're swimming and they put their hand through it and they're like, "Oh." And I'm like, "How the fuck did you see that?" Yeah. <laughs> all through it right because it's like below them yeah 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 they go into the upside down yeah it's kind of like the abyss or something I don't yeah know. so we get put into this star trek cave yeah <laughs> and we see this sort of spaceship that's underground sort of thing it has a weird entrance it reminds me very much Honestly, what if the Power Rangers was in Man of Steel? Like yeah. this felt like this the exact same scene of when Clark Kent discovered the fucking uh spaceship in North Pole. Um, right? Yeah. Like it was very much that except it's the five Rangers and they 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 uh meet Alpha for the first time. Alpha played what? by Bill Hader. <laughs> Smart. Honestly, they they gave Alpha the like Haim Saban was just fucking taking all of the fucking media properties to make this fucking movie. Uh Bill Hader has the fucking um watcher voice from Destiny. Uh I I know nobody here probably has played Destiny, but uh it's a very specific cyborg-like voice mm-hmm. and um yeah, no, it's like a direct copy of that exact same filter put over put over one of the characters in Destiny and uh that character was played by a Game of Thrones character, Tyrion Lannister. And it uh-huh. it's like so close in delivery and anything, you could have sworn the voice actor was like that. <laughs> That's Alpha 5. Let's go. Especially since they changed that voice actor to a completely different one. They patched him out of the game, which is incredible because everybody hated that voice. They patched out Dinklage from a game? Yeah. That's bananas. He's a huge star. Yeah, they said he really phoned in the delivery, but like that was the point of the character because it was a robotic AI. Anyways, yeah. uh, (laughs) In this case, though, Alpha 5 has a bit of personality. He really phoned it in, get it? Because fax machines and robots and shit, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, no, but I enjoyed Alpha 5 here, Alpha right? Alpha 5, though, I gotta emphasize really quickly that there's, like, a Scooby-Doo scene first where they're, like, running around the spaceship and doors keep closing and shit, and they're like, yoinks, we gotta get out of here, guys! This is too weird! Yeah. When Alpha like- 5 blinks, he has, like, cartoon sound effect, and it's only <laughs> when he blinks. 
<laughs> no other time does he have a cartoon sound effect. It's only when he blinks. I'm telling you, the 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 audio producer, the 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 person who did the sound design for this movie, like intentionally wanted this movie to not make a killing at the box office. <laughs> Alpha Five has this sort of Hellraiser Clive Barker body horror thing going on where the way that he gets them all in the same room as they are running through the Scooby-Doo doors is he shoots like a chain at them that grabs them and then pulls them back towards him which uh, this kind of reappears a few times throughout the movie. There is this like weird subtle like kind of bondagey thing going on later on with uh, what's her face, Rita, and then also in the fucking Zords, like when they get into them, the chains shoot out of them and like lock them into the fucking seats of the thing. It's really bizarre. It's not really like spoken about or whatever, and they pretty much get over it immediately. But I think it's weird how he was so horrifying to begin with, given that he a little man with a trash can head. Yeah, honestly, not the worst design of an alpha character that we've seen oh he's way better than the one in the tv show i thought that was actually a really like like really cool reimagining because i so much of this stuff in my mind when i'm watching this movie i'm like the show is so fucking dumb how are they going to like spruce this stuff up and reimagine it in a way that makes it make any sense or not be ridiculous him i was like oh you nailed it this like this absolutely yeah. He's a little Star Wars droid, and he's voiced kind of like the guy from Portal or something like that. He will... I'm going to jump ahead for a second because I also need to reference something well, as long as we're still in the realm of race. He's, I wrote it down. This is what the Alpha 5 says once he gets them all together in front of him. He says, different colors, different kids, different colored kids that is weird that he said that. oh yeah i have no idea that that's a saban line if i've ever heard one <laughs> like i get what he's saying but like you can't phrase it like that dude and uh and also yeah why say it out loud what you're doing i mean we all get that you don't want to make the black guy the black ranger so you've switched it cleverly he's a nerd he's a blue ranger he's billy you don't want to make the Asian character the Yellow Ranger, but he like said it, which kind of undoes the doing it because it I, tells you that they're thinking it still. I felt the same way. It was like, really, like, you're really going to just drop that in there right after the like scene where Zach and Billy are like joking about this. I mean, just make it so much weirder. Yeah. Alpha 5. Alpha 5 has the racial politics from 65 million years ago, okay? That's true. You can't expect too much from Alpha. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. <laughs> it was a different time. It was the Cenozoic era. <laughs> it was. I mean, you have to assume, though, like, how does he know English and stuff? How does he sort of have this whole plan put together? He probably woke up recently and has been like, using his robot brain to like watch cable news or something. So he's informed by something that's probably not good. It's Otherwise he would be... he's watching YouTube and Pornhub. Yeah. That's how he knows what about race is from watching Pornhub. So that's right. probably why he's so crass about it. I don't want to know Alpha Five's search history. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. So you don't. 
Um, At this point in the movie, uh, Alpha 5 introduces the Rangers after trapping them in there. Introduces the Rangers yes, to Very Zordon. much trapping is the only word we can use. Um, trapping or maybe team, no less. Kidnapping <laughs> or uh, wrongful imprisonment. Trafficking, maybe? <laughs> he weird. is kind of trafficking these kids to Zordon. Think about yeah. it. Oh my god. They were chosen by the grid. <laughs> so uh Zordon appears. Alpha five, a decent reinterpretation of the character. The new Zordon uh, don't know what if Zordon that? was more toxic than he was in the show. Also, what if he like moved his head like moved around in this very uncomfortable way where it's like suddenly his head is next to you yeah he looks yeah. like things from spencer's gifts that you put your hand in and it's like <laughs> pins and stuff the cgi artist was so proud of that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why it looks terrible they saw that design of zordon they were like that's that's what we want for this movie you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like the design of Zordon is so emblematic of the entire movie, right? For at least the Power Rangers stuff. Like, they got that design for Zordon. They were like, all right, everything that's related to the grid has to look like this or sound like this. Yeah, I don't know what they were. It reminded me of uh, Tron, actually. <laughs> Brian yeah. Cranston's uh, face thing, facial effect, has like a very Tron-like aspect to it. Brian like Cranston does an overall okay job, but you can kind of tell he's phoning it in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this probably, you know, feels beneath a guy like that, but also he's going to do it and make a lot of money and stuff. I like He the doesn't have to do any in-person shit, right? Because he already did the in-person shit at the beginning of the movie. Oh, that's true. Yeah, just like one scene. Also, I like he's that. an alien ranger, which is also a throwback. Interesting. <laughs> I like that he's stuck in a wall. I think that's kind of funny. Like the story being that he, the reason he's a big face is not whatever the fuck it was in the original show where he's in that like tube or he's a hologram projection. It's that like the only way to save him was to like capture his soul inside of a part of the ship at the last minute that was just like still functioning and it just happens to be like a fucking wall so he's a monitor just... yeah his soul is oh. trapped in a monitor okay it was a monitor i literally thought it was just a wall i was like what a weird odd thing okay he's in a tv cool morphing grid electricity soul morphing grid is kind of like living electricity right Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we watched 21 seasons of this. Do we still not know what the Morphe Grid is made no, of? No, they never explain. Uh. <laughs> it's I'm telling you, if there's any movie, like if there's anything that confirms that like the Morphing Grid is like God, like made by God and like is like God's web of magic or whatever the fuck, uh, it's definitely this one. Because Zordon then explains that, like, the morphing grid is never wrong. The morphing grid chose y'all 
because of your qualities. And I specifically made these power coins to be for the morphing grid to choose who was worthy of them. And then it was you five teenagers and he throws a fucking hissy fit over it. Well, but is he lying though? No. Because we find out he's kind of lying. So maybe he's just pumping them up. No, because then that would throw him into question too. His own he authority. He's in question. question. Yeah. Zordon's I mean, always been sketchy in every version of Zordon, but this one especially. I've been yeah. saying. I'm not saying. wrong, but also like <laughs> I'm not to, I'm not gonna say that he he's definitely not a good person. IMO. Um but I still think that like the whole you he might have been chosen when he was originally chosen, he was a good person. And then he might have been a ranger for X amount of years along with Rita and the rest. And then he might have gotten corrupted along the way. But also Rita's still able to control her power coin even though she's evil. So that kind of throws in. That's what I'm saying. When they absolute. originally were chosen, they were good. And then over time they got evil. Hmm. Which that could happen. A ranger so could Zordon's be bad. slowly been corrupted. I'll say this about this version of Zordon. It's better than the like worm man from uh, the MMPR movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Where it's literally just like a guy in like a silver worm suit. Fester from Fester's Quest. <laughs> no arms, no legs, just a silver worm body. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that movie. It's not canon. <laughs> it's not canon. I'm not sure if this is canon. <laughs> uh, oh, no, this takes place on like Earth 2167 or some bullshit. <laughs> It's part of Battle for the Grid. That's about it. Even then, they redconned it for Battle for the Grid. Tragedy. Uh, <laughs> but the Rangers don't morph here. If you thought, oh, this is the part of the movie where the Rangers morph, right? And, you know, whatever. No. Zordon's just like, you're the Power Rangers. You're chosen by the morphing grid to be Power Rangers to protect all life. And they're like, I don't fucking... I didn't. I'm a fucking teenager. I don't know nothing about anything. I'm out of here. Uh, and Zordon's like, Jason, you're the leader. You you gotta fix this. I'm delegating this task. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason's like, or no, Zordon was literally like, that's the purpose of the Red Rangers to be the leader. The purpose of the Red Ranger is to whip the votes. <laughs> okay it is we weird need they, to don't really build a pass. they don't really explain why that is in the mythos here like and i i'm assuming that is just supposed to be understood to be some sort of Jungian archetypal that leaders just need to exist sort of you know the red ranger power is the leader of the ussr right He's the he's the the head of the vanguard, right? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just is that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, movie. I understand. <laughs> the NIMBY, thank fantastic movie for children. <laughs> um, so Jason 
thinks about it a little bit, and then he goes, he finds the rest of the rangers, and they're, like, posing for an album cover in the cave, I guess. Like, they're just <laughs> sort of lounging extravagantly in this cave. <laughs> and uh, Jason's like, hey, listen, I'm going to come back here tomorrow. I want more answers. You do what you want, but I'll be here at 4 o'clock. And then he jumps. Trini's like, Trini's like, why are you talking to us as if you're the leader? And he goes, so anyways, I'm going to be here at 4 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you can't, you can't let your coworkers know yet that you were promoted, but your boss just told you. And he's like, yeah, we're, it's at the Tuesday meeting, we'll announce it. So just keep it under your hat for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it is weird he's the white guy it's like why the fuck did they just arbitrarily choose him he's the tallest there's all sorts of weird stuff going on because he was a quarterback so he had to make all the plays <laughs> yeah okay and power ranging is like football understandable yeah and much like football, there's a very high risk of traumatic brain injury. He he was the tactician. Zordon's the strategist. That's how it goes. That's what. <laughs> yeah, you got the coach, the quarterback. It's all coming together. Oh, it is like football. Okay, yeah. He has a sword. That's not like football. They all come back the next day because they need answers. And also their home lives are weird and rough and they need something good to happen in their lives. And there's a lot of seeing some of that. Uh, we see Zach's sick mom that I mentioned before. Um, she's very sick. She never leaves the bed the whole they time. They don't talk English. They subtitle it out. Hard subtitle it out too. That was kind part. of a, a, a interesting choice that I didn't mind at all, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic choice, actually. Yeah. So. Probably the best part about sex. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the embracement of the heritage by Zach, uh, by Zach, and then also the fact that he takes care of his sick mom. It's not like, this is so like, bare. Zach's backstory is so bare bones. It's really bare bones. Yeah, we have to emphasize so that. So fucking but, bare but bones. what works about it a little bit is just like, the Power Rangers has this bad history with like the Asian characters of like crappy representation. And here it's like, they don't speak English at home. But aside from that, like he's an American and he lives like a normal American teenage life. And I thought that that was... That is a, a, a significant improvement over some things that we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of like they're trying to find like some kind of representation that's not too fucked up. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, his home life is very bare bones. Same for Trini. We get a little bit of her home life, but it's very bare bones. Her home life is bad. That's pretty much all I can tell you about it. It's bad. Her mom <laughs> doesn't approve of her lifestyle. Yeah. We'll and then you find out what the lifestyle is. Well, kind of. They bait you a little. <laughs> it's for the sequel. There needs to be character development for the sequel. Especially because it's clear. There's like a Trini Kimberly like love scene coming up. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> They're baiting you. <laughs> is there going to be queer representation in this movie? I don't know. And I watched the whole thing. 
Um, <laughs> so they uh, at least are like out with it versus like this is for you to draw upon in a podcast. <laughs> yeah. The Rangers come back the next day and they're like, okay, we want to be Power Rangers. Zordon's like, okay, you got to learn to morph. You have to like trust each other. You have to like how each other smells and stuff. You, you got to be really cool with each other. And they're like, okay, I guess. And obviously these this is the breakfast club and these kids don't know each other and slightly hate each other somewhat. How are you so, supposed to be in a poly relationship if you haven't even like discussed your tragic backstory yet? Yeah. They are a polycule. That's true. <laughs> well, the, the end lesson is that they be, they turn into a polycule by the end of all this. I guess that's also true. Uh, so this leads to a training montage with a lot of really terrible music where the rangers go to this place called the pit a lot, which is another Star Trek cave, uh, and they fight holograms in there. For 11 and, days. Yeah. Uh, and then in between that, they bond a little bit. Um, Trini and Kimberly in particular, like, fight over the last bite of a slice of cake. They're, like, testing very, their powers. Very aggressive kind of way. Yeah. Go on. I don't know. <laughs> Weird scene. <laughs> it uh, it felt like Daredevil. <laughs> Remember Daredevil in 2003? Where there was like oh, a music God. video fight scene between Elektra and Daredevil? Yeah. Yeah, it was like that, but with Kimberly and Trini and, and absolutely a, no tension whatsoever. And a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One bite between two people. Who will get it first? <laughs> um so then uh one day alpha is showing them the zords and he's like yo check out these zords they're so sick if you learn to morph you could have these and zach uh sneaks away and gets in his zord and goes off on a little zord adventure without permission it doesn't go well um he nearly runs over a bus full of singing nuns. <laughs> Apparently yeah. something we needed. Interesting. <laughs> Need a little I guess there is Christ in the world of uh Power Rangers. Yeah, but was it caused by like Zordon? Like and... a morphing grid event. Yeah. What Did if they Christ have, have a power coin? Right. And what color was it? Right. White? Is there a white ranger? Some seasons, yeah. Oh, okay. We don't have the time to explore. And the next movie was Power Rangers Zeo, or would have been. <sighs> the Zeo you know crystal. The funny part of this that's like hanging over all this is that uh, the Alpha guy says um, when they figure out that they're the Power Rangers and everything, uh, What's her face? Rita is here and she is um she's here because there's a Zeo crystal in the earth, which is the reason life is here at all. And she's <laughs> trying to get it out of the ground by getting all the gold and turning it into this thing called Goldar. And if that happens, it's basically the equivalent of ten thousand nuclear bombs going off. 
And this is all going to happen in 11 days. And he kind of does a joke where he's like, 11 months, wait, I mean days, because he's a robot and time is very, like, not a thing to him or whatever. But uh, the world's going to end in, like, a horrifying, painful, existential, voidish sort of way in 11 days. And uh, they don't seem to be taking it very seriously, like... Yeah, honestly, this is when the movie takes a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Also, let's not forget that Rita is, like, slaughtering homeless people. And fishermen, yeah. 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 We have a really weird moment. It almost feels like a David Lynch film kind of moment. Like, where, like, Rita is, like, being weird as fuck in this, like unbelievably like Hollywood stereotype of what a homeless encampment looks like. Yeah, and they like, kind of they kind of make her out to be like this like grudge type of character at first. And then like you're like, wait, no, I think I saw this in the mummy. Uh and like it's just <sighs> it's kind of frustrating because like Rita already had a strong design to begin with. And she could have just been like a, a traveling space witch who took an L on Earth. This is such a weaker design. They've yassified yeah. Rita and it has done her no favors. <laughs> yeah. Starts off like a demon. Like she's like not really that sentient or conscious. It is just sort of like stumbling around, like kind of muttering about gold. And uh then she's also well, she's wearing green as her costume starts to come together so i it is saint patrick's day as we were recording this so i think we should point out that she is irish coated and is leprechaun coated to an extent in her <laughs> obsession for gold and her penchant for green which interesting i think her powers are tied to the gold because the more gold she gets the more like communication ability she has yeah she stops <laughs> less like a corpse and like sort of comes back to being youthful like the mummy while it's happening yeah she even has a gold tooth like jared leto's joker (laughs) yeah she also rips a gold filling out of somebody which is real fucked up i again that scene just comes out of nowhere and is completely emotionally incongruous with everything else going on (laughs) once again just super weird um, and then uh, later Rita goes to like a jewelry shop and like eats some necklaces and shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, she's like her magic powers and abilities and life sustaining magic is not only through the power coin but also through like gold. So it she's has a, to be that she's a conquistador. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. I mean, whatever the fuck. The thing is, we can't analyze the gold thing too much because there's no way to do that without getting into some sort of fucked up anti-Semitic <laughs> territory or something. She's just got a kind of an uncomfortable vibe in that, like, you look at it and you go, what are the writers getting at with this? <laughs> Other than, I guess, she's a space witch. Yeah. <laughs> Loves gold. Yeah. Uh, weak weak scenes all throughout um just yeah like it was for like a solid 20 minutes like we were just watching like a subpar to bad movie 
And so many of these scenes are really long. I mean, if you couldn't tell from just the length of this recording, this movie is really long, and, like, there's just a lot of just, like, bizarre, hard-to-describe, long, weird sequences. Yeah. Um, and the Rangers are getting increasingly frustrated with the runtime as well because they start skipping days, and they go all the way to, like, day 10, and they're like, we still can't fucking morph, and we lose to the same four holograms. <laughs> um so the rangers like so when zach comes crashing in with the zord that he should not have taken uh the rangers get in a fight uh jason and zach start punching each other uh, billy breaks them up and for just a second he morphs he's the blue ranger but then he can't sustain it and then zordon's like hey listen Get the fuck out of here. You suck. It's weird. Zordon is like, I've chosen you. The coins are never wrong. That's why I brought you here. And then immediately gets pissed off when they aren't the Power Rangers. That seems like a contradiction, you know? To be fair, the world is ending in one day. And your fucking chosen ones aren't able to morph, which is like the most basic of basic things. Also, when he asked them if they could morph when they first showed up, Zach said uh, only in the shower, which I thought was clever, but also, again, made me question who's the movie for. There are it's for teenagers. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> um, it was definitely a teenager joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think Zordon was just, I think he was just building them up. I think he was just boosting their ego because we, we find out now that Zordon kind of had another, another motive in all of this. So, uh, everyone but Jason takes off, um, but Jason decides to go try to talk with Zordon before he leaves. So Jason finds Alpha 5 and Zordon arguing, they're arguing because like, when the rangers all morph like he'll have an opportunity to come back to life yeah uh and you have to kind of infer some of this but there's definitely some kind of like weird limitation to it but anyway uh so jason covers this keeps it from the group for the time being um but uh zach once they get outside he's like hey why don't we camp out in the quarry and fucking vibe out tonight. We don't all want to go home to our shitty homes. Come on. And everyone's like, yeah, okay. Which leads to like a pretty typical kind of bonding scene where they all reveal some secrets to some extent, except Kimberly's like, I can't tell my I can't tell my secrets, even though her secrets are like not as bad as some of the other people's secrets, and she's just being a fucking like white woman who makes every problem about herself <laughs> yeah overly dramatic for sure trini trini reveals that she's a lesbian yes well on further questioning from zach reveal reveals is doing a lot of heavy lifting in grab's sentence because she's like she won't quite say it also like the whole thing is like the scene's very awkward i don't know there's some like weirdness to how that was written, but she kind of is like, yeah, 
my lifestyle. Uh, my parents they don't they don't approve. Yeah. yeah, they Disney it, but I don't think they Disney it as hard as Disney would. You know what I'm saying? The guy kind of outs her. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> it's a weird scene. Yeah, you he kind of like write... makes that shot. And I'm like, how did you know? Like, what would what would give you that impression? Especially, it doesn't, yeah, no, the scene doesn't read in a way that makes it make sense at all. It's just an odd scene in a lot of ways. It's, this is an okay development for Trini's character, but they just kind of fumble it. Um, I thought it made kind of sense because of the way the mom was acting at the dinner table. Because the mom was acting, like, hella irrational in Trini's backstory scene. And you're kind of just like, what the fuck? Like, I, I get the... I get the like acting that way and it it was like realistic to an extent but that mom was like fucking like going hard in the paint for not being able to get a word out of her daughter and then come to find out that it's because she's lesbian and the mom is not approving of that and wants her to be a certain way so like it made sense for me it just was one of those things that like Trini fumbled the landing with like explaining herself because she generalized it. Yeah. She was like, it's not only the fact that I like women, but it's, it's more or less because like, I also don't dress a certain way and I don't behave a certain way. I don't know. Bit of a fumble. Yeah. So, uh, they camp out, they bond um later that night i guess they go home like this is another weird like total inconsistent moment zach's like let's camp out here tonight let's not go home he says that explicitly and then they're just like they go home i guess though yeah they they have a couple beers (laughs) like they they're drinking beers like they're drinking out of like dark glass bottles (laughs) Yeah. Like it's not explicitly stated, but they're fucking they're getting drunk and then they're just like, fuck it, let's go home. <laughs> I don't want to camp out here, it's too cold. <laughs> I'm it's too like drunk we, to sleep out here. Let's drive home. I've been in that situation. I've gotten blackout drunk at Coney Island before. Trust me. <laughs> You're just like, nah, let's just let's just go. <laughs> this is a bad idea. It's a bad idea. It's a very teenager moment. I was like 19 at the time when I made that decision. (laughs) (laughs) Trini at her house gets attacked by Rita, who is pretty weirdly sexual about it. Yeah, she's very sure about it. She appears floating horizontally above her and like dripping water on her for some reason. Which is like another thing that she does throughout the movie. She's from the sea. To right. <laughs> <laughs> the space sea witch. Maybe that was symbolism? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, uh, They get in a fight and destroy Trini's room, which, by the way, I wondered, are they going to address this in some way? Because clearly she has a bad home life. The answer is not just no, but extra no, because at the end of the movie, she and her little brothers are just like patching up the damage to her room, like not talking about it. 
<laughs> Maybe Trini had like anger issues and would like punch walls, throw her entire body into walls. <laughs> Definitely a lot of maybes floating around in these plot holes. You know, <laughs> the plot holes are now stacking, and we're still wondering at this point when do they become Power Rangers? Y'all are this asking for a two and a half hour movie for a while. <laughs> <laughs> this needed the Snyder cut. This could have been the Watchmen director's cut of our era in 2017. So, uh. Rita's trying to like basically be like, Trini, you're the outsider. Betray your friends. Help me. You're an outsider. Immediately goes to her friends. She like texts everybody immediately and is like, We gotta meet. They meet at the football field. And she's like, Hey, Rita tried to get me to betray y'all. Just (laughs) does not fuck around at all. Um and then Jason's like, is... listen, everybody's lying to us. Zordon's lying to us. We hate each other. We don't know what we're doing. We're all idiots. But let's try to kill Rita Repulsa anyway. And they're all like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. It's dumb teenager mistakes the movie. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> i love this shit i don't know it's fun teenage drama man yeah you just know it like put yourself in like a 17 year old brain you like you would definitely be saying some shit like this you wouldn't even think that this was like an intricate plot to like lure you into a trap right you just go like nah these are because this is actually positive character development for Trini. Yeah. Because Trini is recognizing that they're her friends, that she actually has friends, and that she's not a social outcast like what Rita is saying she is. So she's going to them about it first. I think so. And like trying to prove a point. Some of the weirdness that we're isolating in like or identifying in like uh, the dramatic shifts regarding like mood and stuff like that are probably because of the like pg was this pg 13 i'm assuming like yeah rating type thing that's going on because there's an element to this where it does almost read like a stephen king type story of kids like they're drinking beer and they're kind of sexual but like when you have a PG-13 rating on something, you can't, you can say a certain amount of curse words and a, do a certain amount of stuff like that. So it just like takes the edge off of it. A, it also makes it wildly inconsistent because this could be like kids or something become Power Rangers, but instead it's these people that like say ass three times and then literally stop themselves. You don't say- want kids. You don't want kids becoming Power Rangers. I'm letting you know right now. You don't want kids becoming Power Rangers. It's been tried multiple times. It does not work. It doesn't work at any point. If you thought thought that there was ever a moment where a five-year-old or an eight-year-old or even a 12-year-old or 13-year-old should be a Power Ranger, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's been tried before. It's not good. 
You got me wrong though. I wasn't saying kids like kids. I meant Larry Clark's uh and Harmony Corrine's kids where they're like scary teenagers, you know, or like Oh, cuz they're actually like 28 or something. <laughs> no, have you ever seen that movie? You ever seen Kids the movie? Mm-mm. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. I've read the Wikipedia plot description. Well, <laughs> like <laughs> it's fu- it's like fucked up because it's a bunch of teenagers and it's like almost not even a movie like it's kind of just shot like hanging out with a bunch of new york teens and they're drinking and having sex and stuff and so people are talking about it a lot because euphoria is happening but it's like it's simultaneously really shocking and also like when you watch it you kind of go like that's what i was doing when i was 16 you know you go around and get drunk and and uh, smoke cigarettes and stuff so like i what i'm getting at is with this fucking movie is like you know, whenever it gets real and it's kind of cool and it's kind of edgy, it broaches that territory, which is something like Stephen King would do and stuff like Stand By Me, whereas care or like it. This also has strong it vibes, honestly. They it's literally very- <laughs> play song Stand By Me also. So. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think because of the, the fact that, the, you know, the, the form of like fucking cinema being this thing that has like it has to get pushed through the distribution machine and like has like stuff like the rating systems just distorts it in a way where we end up with this weird movie where there's like a terrifying car crash and then they're drinking beer and then they're very vanilla G rated and then there's Zordon and then, you know, none of it feels the way that a consistent story feels. (laughs) That was a real long wind up for that critique. (laughs) <laughs> all right <laughs> not wrong though yeah it's all a vibe are you vibing with it right now that's the question i think so which i think which i think translates to why the reason why like that two-hour runtime has like 20 minute crap sessions right is because yeah. they like relied off of vibes primarily versus like consistent writing like, this is what I want the feeling to be for this shot. And Kennedy even said it, saying that the movie was, like, purposefully emotionally manipulative. Yeah, um, which, I mean, point- every movie is, but, like, this one is overtly to an extent, right? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it lends credence to that, right? Like, they were pursuing, like, what's the teenager vibe of, like, 2017? Like, how would that translate to, like, whatever 20-something-year-old is writing this movie under Sub- Saban's paycheck? Yeah, at this point, it's like the movie almost feels a little like Oscar bait in how hard they're trying to like provoke an emotion out of you. Because yeah. they, they don't just try once. Like the the end of the film is basically like just like six fake out. We want you to feel bad scenes in a row or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. First. They confront Rita at the docks and they have a fight that goes super poorly. She captures them all and she's like, hey, tell me where the Zeo crystal is. <coughs> and they're like, yo, we don't know. And she's like, but one of you knows because Billy has, of course, figured it out using his uh, Charlie Day mind map. Um you know, put newspaper clippings and string all over your room and you can figure out anything solution. (laughs) And, uh, 
So she gets the information out of Billy and then straight kills him. And then there's just a lot of just damn Billy. I love dead. this shit. I love this shit. Yeah, I was here for you it. You know the whole time that they're faking you out. Yeah, but the fake out wasn't immediate. No, they left him dead for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm saying I love this shit. No, like you just expected like, playing Stand by Me, and everyone's crying, and like it's too much. Yeah, it's but like, still, still murdered a teenager, which is pretty intense for this. Yeah, movie. like a teenager fucking died for like twenty I, minutes before I was coming back. That they kind of went there, but also like. You just knew the whole time that they were faking you out. Yeah, but the way they brought him back was cool, too. I'm sorry. I, I got to give it to the writers on this one. It's it's the fact that they then, like, just keep messing with your emotions for the rest of the film that really ruins this for me. If this had been their only, like, play, I would have been like, okay, that's probably acceptable. But it's just like, no, we're just now in the emotional manipulation zone where this movie is trying to, like, hijack your traumas and make you think it's a better movie as a result. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought, honestly, I thought for a moment that they might do exactly what you're saying all the way to the point of literally going, we made a Power Ranger movie where we killed the Blue Ranger and, like, didn't bring him back because that would make it prestige and like dramatic and Nolan-y and stuff. No, it would have gone immediate criticism saying that, wow, y'all really killed off the only black character? That's true. That's Sorry. True. That would have been a huge... Be fair, it would have been a cringe look. Yeah. Like, it would have looked real bad. Yeah. Um, Especially since there's only like two black actors in this whole fucking movie. And they establish is... him as the neurodivergent character. Like, yeah, and the in the other crazy. black character was the one guy who like gassed up was like being a hell of an ally to Billy and was like, "Yo, Billy Cranston knocked that dude out, yo." Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I guess I just fell for it for a moment in the movie, which you know points. It's to the it's Obama era racial blindness, baby. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, um. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought the scene where Kimberly was like, come on, Billy's dead. We got to like fucking bring him to Zordon because maybe he knows something was like intense. It was great. Um, They didn't know what the fuck to do. Zordon was like, you just brought a dead body to me. I can't do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> but then... We get our next weird emotional fake-out moment. Zordon is maybe going to come back to life because the Rangers are finally able to morph, uh, bonding around the trauma of uh, their friend's death, I guess was the last step, I guess. Oh, yeah, I, we forgot a scene. When Trini was getting attacked in the nighttime, uh, Kimberly comes to visit Jason in his room. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, <laughs> and uh, reveals that uh, she shared, like, some kind of presumably very disgusting nude of, of a friend with everyone. 
Like, the way they set that picture up, she's just like, can you even believe that she took a picture like that? And then I shared it with the world. And now everyone looks at her and thinks of that picture. I thought it was she shared it with this one guy. I thought it was like she shared it with this one guy and then this one guy leaked it. And then she punched the one guy in the mouth. He lost his tooth. Or, or no, his tooth his tooth came out, and then uh, the rebuttal is that it's okay because they put his tooth back in, and it's just fine. Okay, which <laughs> cool. She was basically like owning, fessing up to her past, um, to Jason. But it was just, I don't know. That scene was kind of like, okay, why why is this here? <laughs> I don't know, but I guess nobody like in the team knew that she had done that. I don't know. Kimberly is like very underdeveloped this movie. Am I wrong yeah. in saying that? No. I felt like she really needed more other cuz like she did this awful thing and like she kind of did something to make up for it but still hasn't really said she's sorry? Question mark question mark question mark. Right? Because, like, she punched a dude, but she didn't say, I apologized. I did everything I could to make this right. And they still didn't want to be my friend. It was just more or less like she punched the dude for leaking it, but that was it. Yeah, she kind of Andrew Cuomo'd her way out of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Kimberly problematic? <laughs> anyway, I felt that was important to address. No, Uh, that's very important because, like, Kimberly's character gets no more development after this except for, like, maybe one scene. Yeah. (laughs) So the Rangers finally morph. We're, like, at, like, the 90-minute mark or so of the movie. And the soundtrack dies. The soundtrack gets fucked. Yeah, you're like, okay, they served me Imagine Dragons and Ed Sheeran and all this other bullshit. What are they going to serve me now? And it turns out they're not going to serve you anything. It's just going to be <laughs> knock off Stranger Things intermittently. And some of it is like... At a really bad. low volume. For no fucking reason. This is supposed to drive our action sequences. Just some do 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 boop 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 Yeah, like it felt blasé almost. And then at one point, like... I swear, like, the synthesizer riff, like, at one point when Rita's, like, doing a transformation was, like, out of key, kind of, or something. It was, like, fucked up sounding. Nothing sounded good at this point in the movie. All the sounds are bad. The machine sounds bad. Zord sounds bad. Weapon sounds bad. Explosion sounds bad. Everything sounds really bad. Just gonna emphasize that, because we're gonna gloss over some of this action anyway. Yeah. Um, so, Before we get into that, uh, Zordon brought back Billy. Yeah, so due Zordon to the sheer trauma, that he's coming back to life, but then he doesn't, and then he's like, "I brought back Billy, J.K." Yeah, which I'm just like, B- Billy was fucking dead. What the fuck? <laughs> like, this is straight up like religious shit, man. What the fuck? Pretty weird. I, I like I it was it kind of went it didn't even go unaddressed because they did address it because Billy was like I'm I was dead and they were like no you weren't and she was like yeah you fucking were 
<laughs> yeah. And now we have like a Christ figure here, like a weird rebirth metamorphosis thing. Which why at this point in this movie, why the fuck not? Just throw that in there. Fine. Fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. And the Rangers learn how to morph. Uh, the suits aren't that bad. And what's funny is that I remember the suits looking worse. And I think I remember them looking worse because the 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 posters for this movie, the wallpapers that they did for this movie, all that shit looked terrible. Like it made the suits look awful. But in the movie itself, it's fine. It's not the best, but it's not bad. It's all right. Here's, here's it has the kissable it, lips. It does have the kissable lips, which, of course, <laughs> makes every Power Rangers suit better. They have that. Um, I, I was going to say, in general, from like kind of the shoulders up, it looks pretty good. And they focus a lot of the camera shots more on the upper body. So it's not as noticeable. But when it's like they're all standing and you see the full length suit, you're just like, ah, that kind of sucks. <laughs> it was all right. What'd you think, Jake? I mean, I don't know. The original ones look the way they do because they're like spandex. Like they're goofy, but that's like what Power Rangers is. And whenever you have a superhero movie now, they like kind of make them into these sleek, like, combat bodysuit things, which is both cool, but also just, like, I don't know if the point of Power Rangers is supposed to be cool and subtle, so this just looks bizarre to me. Yeah, it looks like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, like, merged with, like, Michael Bay Transformers for these suit designs, and even the Zord designs, too, because that happens later on in this fight. And basically, the whole mission from this point onward is it is now the 11th hour. Rita knows that the Zeo Crystal is at Krispy Kreme. But she doesn't have a GPS, so she doesn't know where Krispy Kreme is. So she summons Goldar using all the gold that she's built up from these fucking fishermen that she's killed and robbed and the homeless people that she's killed and robbed and then the jewelry the store jewelry that she's killed and robbed. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's using all this combined gold to then use a magic spell to summon this big-ass gold demon called Goldar. Honest to God, it would have been a fine interpretation if the fucking kaiju didn't look like shit. <laughs> I wanted to give it so much props, but the design for it looks like ass i kind of liked it i kind of think it looked like a dark souls boss or something right isn't the original goldar like a ape or something like in a weird gold armor costume like a mummy yeah i liked the weird melty part of this but I, at this point in the movie my mind had turned to i lost it around the head part because it was like two giant like red floating things inside of the gold that didn't make any fucking sense to me yeah I, that's the part of the movie that didn't make any sense sure <laughs> this is just an all-out brawl for the most part uh i kennedy was saying that the in the beginning of the movie that this director watched lightspeed rescue um for this movie they do emphasize like the rescue part of a power rangers duty which is to protect they all reference life. mariner bay dog they do <laughs> reference mariner bay 
I'm uh, telling you, they had to be Lightspeed fans. I know it's yeah. subtle references, but they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do, they do re- reference Mariner Bay. I was a big fan of that. Um, I, uh, I liked the rescue parts because the combat parts sucked. <laughs> Every time like they fought in the suits, the sounds were just muted. The fights were muted. The Zord fights were muted. The the Megazord fight was muted. The fucking guns going pew pew on the Zords were fucking muted. I was like, what the fuck? What? What the hell? The music was muted. Like, and the music choices were ridiculous. Like, this was your fighting action sequences, and you went for like a subtle electronic digital soundtrack. That didn't make any fucking sense to me. And then you put like Sounds Kanye West, like Aphex like Twin, like one of those like four part albums that he releases. It's just like it almost just sounds like Kanye Saban just didn't bankroll the audio department after this point. Like they got he he got the rough draft on the audio file and he was just like send it. It's it's releasing now, you know. <laughs> like like that's what it felt like because from this point on the movie just. Again, took another twenty minute dump in front of my face. Yeah, it definitely felt, <laughs> felt like when uh, when somebody like requests a piece of music and then like the musician like makes like a rough draft and sends it off, expecting like a bunch of notes, and they're like, "Oh, it's perfect," and they're like, "Definitely not perfect." I don't. I guess I'm paid. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, couple scenes I want to draw attention to. Is uh, Jason rescuing his father? Was Once that kind again. of that was purposeful? Um, that was like a little bit too coincidental. A little think? too much, almost. Uh, Did yeah. he know it was him? No. Did he like say his name though? No, yeah, he yes. does. At the end, right? Oh, his dad doesn't know it's Jason. But Jason but says his dad's name, which yeah, is Jason knows bad he's point of view. Dad. Like. Why does this red guy know my name? I don't know. Yeah, uh, and then he thinks his son is the Red Ranger, even though Jason hasn't told him explicitly. Right. Yeah, that I thought the scene was fine. Kennedy, you thought it was forced, right? Slightly forced, and then again, it's just because it's just a part of this like long series of overly dramatic things, and then right after that, it just like. The Rangers are like struggling to form a Megazord and they almost die. And it's like a really long scene, like a really long scene where they're just like, we might die. And they're like touching the glass of their cockpits while they look at each other and shit. It's just like, you're, nobody's getting a fucking Oscar here. Okay, calm the fuck down. <laughs> it would have went way harder if the music was better. Yeah, like, but even still, like, this movie needed to be a half hour shorter. <laughs> yes. Also, like, Alpha 5, it says, go, go, Power Rangers, or whatever. And, like, they do some weird fucking rendition of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme song for, like, 15 seconds, and it sucks ass. <laughs> they do Kanye West Power when they get into the Zords and shit and fucking go about the yeah, city trying to help like, save people. Out. Yeah, and then like 
the track plays for like 30 seconds and right when it gets to like Kanye saying a couple of curse words is when the track cuts out <laughs> completely from the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that Zord fight where they were getting crushed by Goldar, I was like, that's how they formed the Megazord. Dude. They fucking, this Goldar just crushes them all together and bam, a Megazord pops out. I was half right. <laughs> Goldar fucking uh, punches a hole through the earth through to like a lava layer and fucking crushes the zords and sends them in there. <laughs> and like a phoenix, they rise. The mama zord. <laughs> this is true. No, like wait. Not mama zord. Uh, oh, right. Mega zord. Yeah. This is true of like every action movie, so it's like not really that interesting of a point, but I think it's extra funny in this movie, which is that whenever there's action scenes like this, there are just like hundreds of civilian casualties completely downplayed. Like they're flying around in the Zords shooting guns and shit at the the Goldar guy and like just sort of barreling through buildings and stuff with these big robotic dinosaurs and cheetahs and stuff. And uh, there's like maybe 30 people downtown right now. They there's, evacuated. <laughs> there's like mobs of people though that like they see on the ground. At one point, he like crushes the car with his fucking foot when he's in the the red Zord and like makes a joke and kicks it towards the Goldar thing. And like this is like again continuing the logic of the film. Like with the train incident and with the grotto incident, he doesn't know no one's in the car, but someone could have been. And like, he should have been like, oh shit, I might have just brutally killed somebody. You know? He's a teenager. I guess that's always the answer. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a teenager brain. <laughs> so we get into the Megazord part. And what a fucking letdown. <laughs> what a fucking so letdown. Long. So long. So much dumbass shit had to happen. And then they get in the Megazord and it's like a two minute slap fight. Yeah. And it's it's piloted like Voltron. Yeah. They so they each get to control a part. Yeah. yeah. And... You know, fine in concept, but man, they were really, they really fucking pussied out on this one. They couldn't do the unified cockpit. That would have banged if they were all in there and they were all fucking dual joysticks. Yeah. That shit would have went so hard. Yeah. Awful, awful Megazord design. Easily one of the fucking worst. Holy shit. Um, ugly, they, ugly Megazord. Yeah. When, again, Movie set up a really interesting plot development and went fucking nowhere with it. They get out of there in a Megazord, right? They're like, oh shit, five of us combined, stronger than Goldar. Rita goes, but what about one brain instead of five brains piloting body? And goes into Goldar. Kind of a sick scene, but then like she just gets trounced like so easily. And then once Goldar is kind of like, fucked up or whatever and rita and rita's like on her dying breath goldar sacrifices itself to give rita life again 
uh, Rita comes back, charges at the Megazord, and they just fucking swat Rita to the moon. Yeah, the slap is a, a callback to the beginning scene with the bully, as Billy points out, which is yeah. cute, I guess. <laughs> Rita potentially freezes to death? Question mark, question mark, question mark, maybe? Set up for a sequel? The day is saved. The town is saved. Character endings, I think. <laughs> They're all like, yeah, we're, we're a team forever now. We're the Power Rangers. Let's go. Onwards to the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Credits roll. Oh, there was a mid-credit scene. We were in a hurry, so we didn't check. Uh, but apparently, this is gonna make your heart hurt. Grab this. You're gonna take a half a point off when I tell you this. Um, of whatever you're planning to give this movie score-wise, in the mid-credit scene, the detention teacher announces that Tommy Oliver will be joining them. But the desk is empty, save for a green jacket with a dragon etched on it. Uh, uh, <laughs> such obvious bait. They really didn't have to do that. It was bad enough they already said Zeo Crystal, and Rita Repulsa has the green power coin. You know it's coming. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what, Jake, uh, Jake, you're our first guest for a Ranger rankings. Is that the case? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. You got to rank the Rangers with us. Okay. <laughs> S S through F tier. Um, S tier. Um, it's I okay think it's no one. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to put one in each category. You can just give them all D's or F's if you want. So well, so I think Billy stole the show. I think he was a good uh, Power Ranger, and it was funny that he drove his Zord backwards and stuff. And um, I think that Jason was annoying, so he's F. Well, he's <laughs> he was he did stuff, I suppose. Uh, what comes after? Is it S and then A? S. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You got it. D E F. Um. Jason. Uh, gonna go B. Uh, Kimberly. Very confusing character. C. Um. Trini. Uh. Generally, do a lot as a as a Power Ranger. D. <laughs> what if I got left? Zach. Zach. He was fine. C. Yeah, honestly, you're not too far off from me. Uh, <laughs> Billy is definitely S. You really don't have this Power Rangers movie without Billy. It feels like they wrote this movie for the Billy character. Like whoever wrote this movie was like a Billy Stan. Yeah. Um, Jason. Jason's definitely B. I almost want to put Jason in A. But he makes way too many fuck ups. So he many needed like he needed like at least one to two less fuck ups to be an A tier character. <laughs> but decent portrayal of Jason, honestly. Um, Kimberly's like D. Trini's like high D. Zach is like low C. What are you thinking, Kennedy? I yeah, I think I'm kind of in like a similar boat. 
uh, uh, Billy's really good. If if it wasn't for Billy, my score of this movie would probably be like two or three points lower than whatever I'm going to give it at the end. <laughs> because, like, he sells some of the most interesting scenes pretty well. Um, yeah. Jason, yeah, kind of like a low B for me. Like, he's almost scraping that C a little bit even just because... He fucks up so much. And also, like, he is blatantly horny for Kimberly in this way where it's like he would do anything for Kimberly, but, like, he's sort of, like, only, like, reluctantly Billy's friend, the guy who got your ankle monitor hacked. I don't know. Priorities, homie. Um... (laughs) uh, And then, yeah, everyone else is basically a C, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> what do you what do you what do you rate in this movie kennedy i think it's like a 5.5 maybe <laughs> like it's just real mid it's like the <laughs> most mid shit we've watched in a while um it's not really offensively bad most of the time but also what is this fucking movie? Like, really? What the fuck is it? It's like the most confusing set of scenes. It feels like... It feels like they fired the director partway through and then did a bunch of reshoots or something. But that's not the case. So, you can't explain it that way. I don't know. Like, I was so confused by what I was watching... But then at the same time, like, every now and again, there'd be a moment where it's like, hey, that's kind of cool, though. So it's yeah. like, it kind of kept me going to an extent. It yeah. was exactly watchable, I guess. So 5.5. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be I'm at a 6.0. Um, when I originally watched the movie a couple of years ago, like fucking four years ago, I think maybe sooner than or later than that um i was kind of landing around that like same 5.5 6.0 maybe 6.5 range um the last time i had watched it i remember it just being like i wish there was more power ranger stuff like the breakfast club shit was fucking great uh what where, why did i only get 20 minutes of like suit and zord except this time around I got 21 seasons of Power Rangers under my belt and my politics are a bit sharper. So like it kind of made it solidify at a 6.0 because I feel like all the truther shit and all the like references and all that other stuff is like really pog and like how they try to fit it into the script was really pog. Um, It's definitely like of its time because like if you've seen the movies that came out before this, but was around its time, you'd be like, dog, this is just this and this and this combined to make this. It's a lot of aping that sort of stuff, especially Chronicle. Like, especially Chronicle. Huge. Um, like, you, you really don't have this Power Rangers reboot without Chronicle, to be completely honest with you. But uh, with that being said, I love the Breakfast Club shit. Uh, I appreciated uh, Billy's performance even more this time around. I thought it was great. 
what dragged it down like two points is like the audio like like that alone is like it, it like like we were critiquing the music but then like i didn't even like think about the fucking volume levels and like the mastering of it until we got into the power ranger shit i'm like this is your action sequences what are you doing <laughs> uh the zords look too much like like transformers there's too much like transformers style morphing i hate that shit like whoever was on twitter on film twitter and was just like oh man michael bay transformers like transforming sequences are great you're a fucking liar that shit's awful and uh including this stuff don't like it here um the zord sequences sucked as well they even make a shitty transformers reference yeah they're like oh shit bumblebee that was like a half a point off that moment of the film <laughs> yeah honestly that whole like the power ranger shit and the zord shit's like a whole point off um and then the pit sequence the pit sequence was like too that that needed to be shorter the the training into like being able to morph needed to be like condensed down you know there was another part of the movie that i think also needed to be condensed down that's another point so yeah that's where i land at a six what about you jake i'm gonna go four um fair the perfectly fair points are coming from the fact that there were some redeeming jokes and things like that you know what i liked when the robot was racist that was a good time for me and uh the various curveballs that were thrown in that regard but most mostly this was mids it was confusing i don't know what just happened to my brain and i i i'm not even a power rangers head and i could tell that like the megazord was like not a good version of the megazord and stuff it seemed like it was too mired in the christopher nolan subtlety thing which like just sucks i wish that era would end and things would be bright and, and over the top again before we get out of here jake uh what do you have here to plug you can listen to me on my two podcasts pod damn america which is you know the leftist comedy politics etc history and whatnot and my other one's called why you mad i do it with my friend uh, luisa diaz who's an anthropologist we talk Stand up comedy and art and theory and stuff like that. Um, my handle on everything is Feral Jokes. It's an anagram for my name. And uh, I'm going on tour. I do stand up. I'll be opening for the band Eve Six for some reason. Still not really sure how this happened. I'm leaving it. Oh yeah. Uh, we're doing an entire month all over the country. So check it out. Come get tickets. I think they're all still on sale except for comet ping pong pizza where we sold out two nights i don't know how i don't know why i don't know what's happening that's it <laughs> oh all right i also have a live show if you live in new york uh at the gutter just follow me online i promote it it's like once a month usually mid-month uh at this place in williamsburg it's bowling alley it's been really fun come hang out okay that's it those are my plugs well before you go jake i have to ask the question uh would you be willing to watch some good power rangers content <laughs> yeah sure why the hell not Oh, hell yeah. Went from being absolutely cynical and jaded about Power Rangers to being kind of pogged up. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, the, the, my psychological bullshit about it is all rooted in childhood. As an adult, I can appreciate uh, what it is. I think I get it. It's, it's weird. And uh, we live, you know, on the internet and are awash in content. So I'll watch anything. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And 
that was it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time on the Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.